Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast may cause dizziness, confusion, bloating, uncontrollable laughter, and in some cases, anal leakage. Listener discretion is strongly advised. This is episode number 14 of Excuse Me, That's Illegal, the podcast that takes a hardcore look at some softcore crimes. I'm your humble host, Leroy Luna, coming at you straight out of the closet with another tale of bumbling buffoonery. But before we get into all that, I have an extra layer I want to add to the show that I'm pretty excited about. I know a lot of you listeners out there are interesting characters, petty thugs, rule breakers, and you no doubt have some stories to tell. So to finish off, hopefully each show, depending on how much engagement we get, I want to end it with a little segment called Let's Get Criminal, Criminal. I want you guys to send me your stories of softcore crime, ones you were involved in, whether you were the perpetrator, victim, or maybe even just an innocent bystander. Big or small, I want it all. The juicier, the better. It's your time to shine. You can just record your little tale on your cell phone and email it to illegal at gmail.com. And you could have it played on the air. Or if you don't like the sound of your own voice, just send me a message and I'll read it for you. It should be fun. Try to keep it under three minutes if you can. That's what we'll shoot for. I'm happy to say I've already chatted with a listener, Gaz. He's a great guy. And he sent me his story. It's actually five minutes long, but it's a juicy one. So we'll be getting our first taste of Let's Get Criminal at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. Real exciting stuff. I also have a five-star review here I want to shout out. It comes from Harry the Hermit from Great Britain. It's titled, It's a Winner. He says, Sweet podcast that makes me chuckle and doesn't leave me feeling icky. Thanks, Harry. He then followed up that statement with a joke that ironically left me feeling icky. I love it. Brace yourself, folks. Here goes. Why did the guitar teacher get arrested? For fingering A minor.
Okay, you know what that sound means. The minivan is fired up, so hop in and let's cruise these flooded streets as I serenade you with another tale of low-level true crime. And don't worry, my friends. I promise to have you back home in one piece. You'll just be a little soggy. This is going to be a wet one. Episode number 14, The Douche Canoe. You can't buy happiness, but you can buy a canoe, and that's pretty close. I'm not sure who dropped that nugget of wisdom, but I believe I saw it on a bumper sticker once. I remember going to our cottage when I was just a little guy. My bro and I would hop in the canoe and go paddling around the lake. It was calm, peaceful even. Something you don't fully appreciate when you're young. It was also a little taste of freedom, our ticket to adventure. We'd wander around in the weeds, go fishing, catch frogs, be one with nature. Always nervous that we would tip the damn thing, we paddled slowly and we were cautious. It was a nice quiet way to get around, but if I were to commit a crime and needed to make a quick getaway afterwards, spoiler alert, I don't think a canoe would be my preferred mode of transportation. Okay, today's episode takes us to Canada. The weather up here can vary from province to province, but one thing that's fairly consistent across the board is the long, harsh winters. I live in Ontario, and I feel pretty fortunate. Sure, the roads in the winter can get icy and dangerous, and it's quite cold for five or six months of the year, but that's avoidable. I just stay inside, cooped up in my house for half the year. Saying that out loud just made me realize how depressing it is. It's really not that bad. You get used to it. At least we don't have to worry about any natural disasters like an earthquake or a typhoon. Shout out to any early 90s wrestling fans out there. I'm sure maybe five of you will appreciate that reference. Our story today takes place in New Brunswick. Historically, the province has had to deal with a lot of flooding. And over the years, it's only been getting worse. According to the Insurance Bureau of Canada, out of the 300,000 homes in New Brunswick, 49,000 are in danger of experiencing flooding from stormwater and overflowing rivers. People are trying to raise their homes and come up with other ways to mitigate the damage, but it's a tough battle. Several of the houses that run along the St. John River receive the brunt of the damage. Majorville is a small parish in Sunbury County, and unfortunately for its residents, it runs along the east bank of the St. John River. So here we find ourselves in Majorville. The year is 2018. It's early May, and we have the spring thaw happening, and the St. John River has water levels reaching record highs. Just to get a feel for the damage that was caused that year in New Brunswick, it's estimated 12,000 homes experienced damages, costing more than $80 million. Okay, plenty of info and stats I just threw at you there. Lots to take in. Things are hectic. The streets are flooded. That's the main point I'm trying to hammer home. That's all you really need to take away from this. Let's say hello to our protagonist in this tale, Marcus Harvey. Hey, Marcus. He resides in the flood zone. He lives near Highway 105, where almost all the residents have evacuated, including his own family. 
He decides to hang back. He's not in any real danger. The power's gone out in most places. It's not something I'd feel comfortable with, but he's cool with it. His home is only eight years old and built to hold up against the flooding. Five feet of water fills his basement, but the main floor and upstairs are perfectly fine, completely dry. The damage obviously sucks, but I gotta admit it sounds kind of cool being surrounded by all that water. Maybe that's just me. Now Marcus is a solid, reliable dude. He wants to keep an eye on his home and other homes in the area, including his mother's and his cousin's, making sure everything's under control. He's even staying back and checking in on his neighbor's animals, feeding them and ensuring that they're okay. I'm assuming people took their cats and dogs with them, I hope. Maybe he's just feeding cows, chickens, horses, I'm not really sure. Marcus is a farmer, big guy, and he looks farm boy tough. There's a picture of him posing on his tractor. It's just surrounded by water. He's got a strong beard, tattoos going up his left arm, large rubber boots. A manly man, standing six feet tall and over 200 pounds. He definitely looks like a guy who can handle himself. (sighs) After a long day of damage control, Marcus goes upstairs for the night, retiring to his bedroom. But he is jolted awake in the early morning hours, around 5 a.m. to a terrifying situation. He hears some banging around, then a few unfamiliar voices. He sees a beam of light on the wall coming from a flashlight, and now footsteps. Voices are getting closer, and the men are coming upstairs. Let's get one of a few quotes from our boy here. Marcus quote, I hollered out, hello, and a voice said, you need to evacuate. At that point, I knew it wasn't anybody out there for my well-being. End quote. Ugh, not something you would want to be dealing with first thing in the morning. It's dark, he's groggy, but Marcus ain't no coward. And not a guy willing to back down and cower in the corner, especially in his own home. He hops out of bed, comes right out of his room, and chases the three men down the stairs and out the house. This would have been a fantastic sight. Marcus didn't have time to change, so he chased the gentleman outside in nothing but his tidy whities He hears them splash around in the backyard, so he gets up on his pool deck and watches the three men untie a canoe from a tree and hightail it out of there. Paddling fast, they didn't seem to want any part of Marcus in his undies. Marcus, quote, They were looking to make a hasty retreat, end quote. And that they did. I've alluded to the fact that a canoe for their mode of transportation was a bad idea, but really, given the weather and the circumstances here, it's actually quite clever. These men were assuming they were entering an abandoned home. There's water everywhere, so to paddle around in a canoe, they should have gone off without a hitch. A motor would have drawn attention to them, but with a canoe, they could quietly enter and exit, literally like thieves in the night. It can also hold a lot of stolen merchandise, so not too shabby. Marcus couldn't get a very good look at the men to identify them, as two of them wore hoodies wrapped tight around their heads, barely exposing their faces, and the other was sporting a hat and bandana combo, which covered majority of his face. Marcus did take off inside and grabbed his camera, though which he was happy to find, untouched, and took a grainy photograph of the men, paddling away in a red canoe. This is a picture that popularly found its way around social media. Upon further review, the men didn't get a chance to score anything from Marcus's home. They opened up a couple cupboards and moved around some empty medicine bottles, but that was it. So it's at this point Marcus decides to make some phone calls. He needs reinforcements. He calls up the RCMP, That's the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, for those of you not in the know. He tells them of the attempted robbery, then calls up some other neighbors who are still kicking around. One of which has a boat, and he also gives Jody Price a holler. 
He is chief of the fire department in the neighboring town of Oromocto. Love that name. After talking to another farmer buddy, Marcus said, quote, I let him know these guys were going behind the houses in the backwater and heading down river. In about 30 to 45 minutes, we had eyeballs on them, end quote. There were so many people helping out, keeping an eye on the men, that they didn't really stand a chance of getting away. One person that saw them paddling by remembered making small talk, saying to the guys, nice day for canoeing. And they fired back saying, yeah, wish we had a motor on this thing though. Yeah, no doubt, that would have been a nice option at this point. But all they had were a couple of paddles. There was a slow boat chase, taking almost two hours. If O.J. Simpson were watching, even he would have raised an eyebrow. Finally, it was conservation officers that caught them. At that point, they were actually in danger and calling for help. The would-be thieves were caught in an eddy, which Oxford Dictionary describes as a circular movement of water counter to a main current, causing a small whirlpool. They were spinning around and couldn't paddle their way out of it. The waters can get pretty treacherous out there, and these scumbags didn't have life jackets. They were soaking wet, tired, cold, and defeated. After these gentlemen were apprehended, some interesting items were found in the canoe. A can of bear spray, probably for protection. A camouflage balaclava. A backpack containing sunglasses, more bandanas. A pair of bolt cutters along with some gloves, two flashlights, and some empty bags. It doesn't take a detective to figure out what these guys were up to. The three men taken into police custody were 29-year-olds Brandon Hatchard and Travis Hunt, along with 25-year-old Chance Leslie. Originally, they were all charged with breaking and entering and possession of stolen property. Chance Leslie was on probation, which he breached, so he also had that to deal with. All three men pled not guilty to the charges and had separate trials. Chance Leslie was the first to go to trial, and this guy's a real piece of work. There's a photo of him leaving the courthouse at one point. His hands are cuffed together, he has his hoodie on, and he's holding his middle finger up in the air, waving it around like he just don't care. He ended up later pleading guilty, but of course downplayed his involvement, claiming he stayed in the canoe the whole time and never entered Marcus's home. He was the getaway driver, I suppose, is what he was trying to say. But the judge wasn't buying it, and he gave Leslie 15 months in jail for his part in the break and enter. No second chances here. I should also note in the trial, while Leslie's lawyer was trying to give him a lesser sentence of six months, it came out that Leslie had fallen on some rough times. He was dealing with a breakup with his girlfriend, who was pregnant with his child. They were expecting a little later that year, so baby mama drama. And he was also addicted to crystal meth and started hanging out around the wrong kind of people. That's a hell of a drug that'll make you do some strange things, or so I hear. I really like the judge, Kenneth Oliver. Here's what he had to say after doling out the punishment. Quote, He is part of a sad element of society prepared to steal and rummage through the property of what he thought was an absent victim. Unfortunately, there are evil people out there that are aware that flood victims are easy pickings and they prey on vulnerable people like vultures. End quote. Yes, sir. It really is sad. It's bad enough for all those people who are forced to evacuate their homes the inconvenience of finding a place to stay till things clear up. Then when they finally come back and they have to start repairing the damage to find out someone's been in your home rummaging through your stuff, taking your possessions, that's just an extra kick in the nuts. The judge also added, quote, Mr. Leslie tried to exploit the situation to his own benefit. 
It appears that he believes that flood damage properties equals you can help yourself to whatever you'd like, end quote. Leslie received an extra 30 days in jail, which he had to serve concurrently, for breaching probation, and he gets an additional two years probation once he gets out. We'll come back to Leslie a little later, because we will come to find out he does not learn his lesson and doesn't come out of all this a changed man, at least not for the better. Here's our man Marcus Harvey's reaction to the sentence. Quote, This was, no doubt about it, a very terrible and heinous crime perpetrated against myself and the community. The sentence is appropriate, but I don't know how much good it's going to do in the long run. End quote. Truer words have never been spoken. Travis Hunt, wonder if he's related to Mike. Well, he received 18 months in jail and two years probation for his part. Originally, it was thought that the men had stolen the canoe used in the attempted B&E. They were found not guilty of that charge because it was Travis's grandpa's boat, and he said he wouldn't have reported it stolen if he knew his piece-of-shit grandson had borrowed it without his permission. That's not a direct quote. Brandon Hatchard, another piece of work, a real turd, he would receive 15 months for his part, breaking and entering with intent to steal. He's a mess. He added an additional three charges, including an assault of his ex-girlfriend. He ends up getting 21 months in jail, so almost two years. Wow, these guys. What can you really say? At least they were caught and punished, and you can only hope they'll learn their lesson. Here's more from our man Marcus. Quote, It makes you angry, and it's disheartening. On the other hand, I was able to call people in my community. It was a collective effort, and we got them. End quote. It's always nice when the community rallies around and comes together to help one another. Whether these criminals learn from their mistakes or not, it's important to hold them accountable for their actions. Okay, Chance Leslie. I said we'd come back to him. I looked him up and found out he recently got out of jail. He clearly didn't learn his lesson, and he's gone right back to making poor decisions. The date is February 7th, 2020, this year. He is now 27 years old, and he's out for a ride with a 19-year-old lady friend. They get stopped on a traffic violation somewhere on Route 105. The police found drugs in the vehicle, meth of course, and both Chance and his lady were placed under arrest. Chance was able to flee the scene. He took off, but was quickly taken back into police custody. Getting away is just not his thing. According to a news release I found on this site, rcmp.gc.ca, these are the 10 charges Chance Leslie is facing. Possession for the purpose of trafficking in methamphetamine. Disarming a police officer. Yikes. Assaulting a police officer. Two counts. Resisting and obstructing a police officer. Two counts. Uttering threats. Being unlawfully at large. Mischief under $5,000. And failing to comply with a probation order. So yeah, this guy's screwed. And his soulmate, Chloe Shannon. Here's what she's facing. Possession for the purpose of trafficking in methamphetamine, resisting and obstructing a police officer, careless use of a firearm, and being unlawfully at large. So yeah, these two are definitely a match made in heaven. I'm rooting for him. This case, I believe, is still ongoing. That's a whole other story in itself right there, so I won't be getting into all that. Crazy stuff, though. It was great to see these guys get properly punished. Really, they didn't manage to take anything here but intent is the main thing, and when you see how prepared they were with bolt cutters, bandanas, sunglasses, you know, disguises, it's obvious what they intended to do. And this wasn't their first rodeo. No doubt this occurrence was just the tip of the iceberg, and I'm sure these guys have gotten into a lot more trouble, 
even on that morning, let alone the days leading up to this event. At least they weren't carrying weapons, that's the one positive thing I can say. Although I'm sure if it came to it, they would have thrown down and done what they could to get out of trouble. And they did have that bear mace in the canoe, which I'm sure is no joke. If it can take down a bear, I can only imagine what it can do to a human. Well, we might as well end this thing with a quote from our man Marcus Harvey, whose bravery and quick action was the catalyst to leading to the capture of these goons and their eventual arrest. To close out an interview with CBC, Marcus was asked, What do you hope for the future, I guess? That's an award-winning question right there. Hard-hitting journalism at its finest. Marcus chuckled and said, For me or for them? Then finished off strong, saying, quote, In the future, I hope that the waters don't rise as high, the river stays in the river, and that the hoodlums and the thieves stay out of Majorville. Okay, and that's a wrap on episode number 14, The Douche Canoe. I hope you enjoyed. It just kind of shows the trouble some men can get up to when unsupervised and have too much time on their hands. Grow up, get a hobby, do something productive. Don't be leeches on society. I guess for some people, that's easier said than done. Boys will be boys. I want to thank, as always, Steffi for voicing the disclaimer, the operator for providing that sweet, sweet theme music, and my boo for editing this episode. And as promised, it's time for our first segment of Let's Get Criminal, Criminal. Here is Gaz with our first ever listener story. Hey Leroy, this is Gaz from just outside London in England. I love the podcast, by the way. It's an awesome podcast and I'm loving your work. Keep it up, man. Right, so my story was about the time that I made a little bit of a mistake Paid the price for it, um, for A, being just generally stupid, and B, being pretty naive. So I was on my way to work one morning, early morning, it was about 5am, stopped at a local petrol station to get some uh, credit for my phone before I had phone contracts and things like this. It was 10, 12 years ago now, so quite a long time ago. I walked in the shop and I immediately knew that I was dealing with a complete Muppet because he had a name badge that said God and he he come across like a very just a really annoying man basically so I asked uh, for the credit he said it was however it was 10 it was 10 pounds worth of credit I wanted to pay on my credit on my debit card my bank card I put my card in I put my pin in and the card was declined so I knew I had money in my account Sort of long, kind of long story short, we had a little bit of an argument because I'd, I'd said to him, look, look, I know there's money, let me have another go. And he said, no, you're, you're clearly poor or something like this. And I said, look, I'll go and get it from the cash machine. Just wait a minute. No, I don't have time for this. I'm going to cancel the transaction and whatever else. So I was getting annoyed because it was morning anyway, and I'm not a morning person. So I, I in the end... Because he was just being such an obstructive tosspot, I picked up the card machine and I threw it at him, hit him in the face, walked out the shop in a major strop, got in my car and left. But what I didn't realise was that I'd actually left my card in the machine. So I'd basically given them all my details quite quite right there. It's actually the the card that hit him in the face and cut his mouth. 
The next day, got a phone call from the local police station. Come in, we need to talk to you. You've been involved in an incident. Uh, so I went in and we sat down. My first and major big mistake was they said to me, if you don't have a solicitor, we can get you if we can get you in and out quick. You won't go in a cell. You'll be uh, you'll you will do your interview and you'll be cautioned, sort of slap on the wrist. It's your first offence. Yeah, okay, yeah, let's do that. Okay, great. So they did. They did the interview there and then lo and behold, ten minutes later I was out the door going home, thinking, Thank fuck, that's all dealt with. I think it was about I was I was bailed. So that was the first thing that I should have realised was a was like a red flag. But I had to go back a week later and then I was charged with GBH, um, grievous bodily harm. I was charged with section, whatever the section was, but effectively the, it was one step away from attempted murder <laughs> was what I was charged with. So it was it was GBH with intent. So, you know, you I could have done the, the exact same thing, but I could have beaten the guy half to death with a baseball bat and I would have got the same charge on my on my record uh went to court and even at this point because I didn't know any of this at the time I was thinking right okay no solicitor I went to court I pleaded guilty um and then at that point they said you need to come back next week for your sentencing we're not going to remand you which was again another oh my god what have I done moment and I was told that I the the charge that I had come with a mandatory six month prison sentence, so I may need to pack a bag, and everything dropped out of my arsehole. I was terrified, um, so I walked out of the courthouse down the street, found the first solicitor, and I walked in and I was just like, "Help! Please help me! Please! I've made a big mistake and." This is the first time I'm getting help for it. Again, just finishing the story. When I went for my sentencing, I then had the representation. He spoke up for me. I didn't get a prison sentence. I did 200 hours community service. And um, to be totally honest, I loved it because I've always loved my cooking and things. And I worked in a community centre cooking lunch for the elderly. So it was like I actually genuinely loved my 200 hours community service. But yeah... So massively naive, totally stupid, but there we go. I've learned from it and I will never, ever talk to the police again, ever. My man Gaz, love it. At the end there, I thought he was going in a different direction. I thought he was going to say he won't ever, ever lose his temper and attempt to murder a cashier at a gas station ever again. Guess not. Guess that's still on the table. Great story. And I know Gaz says his actions were stupid, but the whole thing is quite relatable, and you can actually put yourself in his shoes. One mistake, you lose your temper with some jerk for two seconds, and it can be life-altering. And yes, always get a lawyer to sit in there with you, because they know your rights and they'll fight for you. The police will act like your best pals, but majority of the time, they don't really give a shit. Thanks again, Gaz. Awesome stuff, and I'm glad it all worked out for you in the end. And instead of serving hard time... You were serving senior citizens. Amazing. Send me your softcore crimes to excuse me that's illegal at gmail.com. And like my boy Gaz, you could have your story featured on the show. All right. I also have a promo to hit you with on the way out. It's for a podcast called The Shattered Window. 
This is a super interesting story. It has a lot in common with the Jean Benet Ramsey case, but didn't get nearly as much media coverage. Hosts Emily G. Thompson and Eileen McFarlane have done a lot of work putting this one together, and it shows. It's a home run, in my opinion. So check it out if you're looking to dig into a new podcast. As for me, I'll be coming right back at you in 10 days with more Minor League Mayhem for you. Peace. All right, take it away, Emily. The murder of Jacqueline de Wallaby is a tragedy that has puzzled and polarized the minds of those who know it. Over the past six months, we've extensively investigated this case, trawling through files, trial transcripts and archives, and have been conducting interviews with the people who've lived through it. It was a sensational, startling fact that a seven-year-old little girl had shown up missing from a suburban home. Something like that happening would have never crossed our parents' minds. The notion that a stranger can slip into a child's bedroom in the middle of the night, completely undetected, is surely a notion that every single parent on this earth fears. But what's even more lamentable is knowing that a child killer is roaming the street, and even more chilling... They could be someone you know. Hosted by Emily G. Thompson and Eileen McFarlane, this is The Shattered Window. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.